Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter Six, continued. How hard it is for me to wait. Although she understood a quick reply from Rome was not to be expected. The waiting was nonetheless difficult for Mother Teresa, as she admitted to Archbishop Perrier. It will soon be nearly two months that I wrote to Rome, and as you know, no answer has yet come. I do not want in any way to anticipate his will and work, only pray that my unworthiness and sinfulness will not be the cause of his delay. In your last letter, you wrote that you would be disappointed if things went fast. Possibly our Lord, to please you, is doing this. But if you only knew how hard it is for me to wait and keep on, as if nothing is happening, you would ask our Lord to come soon and take me away to the slums and his poor. As months passed, the Archbishop correctly anticipated that Mother Teresa would attempt to hasten matters. In May, the expected request arrived. Loretto Convent, Italy, May 13, 1948. Your Grace, don't you think it's time for us to make a more fervent appeal to Rome? It's nearly four months that you sent my letter. Why are they not answering? Don't you think we are wanting in zeal for his work if I just wait? It is true I do not want to anticipate his holy will. Not for a minute. But please, Your Grace, do not let me wait just because we think we have done enough. I wrote so many letters to you before you gave your consent. Possibly the same need to be done with Rome. They don't know India. They don't know how much Calcutta needs the missionaries of charity. Please, Your Grace, write again. And if need be, let it go to the Holy Father. He will understand it clearly, because this is just what he wants. Please, Your Grace, let us make a stronger appeal to Rome, for I must go, and go quickly. Why so much thought for one so little, so sinful, so weak? Please, let us not delay any longer. Let me go. Souls are being lost in the slums and in the streets. The Sacred Heart of Jesus is more and more suffering. And here I am waiting for just one little yes, which the Holy Father, I am sure, would give if he knew of it. Please write by air letter, so that the answer may come during this month of Mary, to whom the missionaries of charity will belong, body and soul. Forgive me. I do not know what else to tell you, but please let me go soon. Use every means that the good God has given you and appeal to Rome with greater zeal, or tell me what I should do. I'm ready to do it, but to wait? Don't tell me. With his help and grace, I can bear it. But it's so very difficult when one's mind and heart is captivated by such strong desires to keep on as if all is the same. Let me go, your grace, please. 
Kindly pray for my brother who is dangerously ill. Please pray for me. Your devoted child in JC, Mary Teresa. The Archbishop promptly corrected Mother Teresa's belief that her persistence had elicited his consent. I quite understand that you feel somewhat restive owing to the long delay between your letter to the Sacred Congregation of Religious and their reply. First of all, let me correct a wrong idea you mentioned in your letter, namely, that it is the number of letters you wrote me that determined my decision allowing you to write to Rome. I am afraid the number of letters did nothing of the kind. And more than once I told Father Van Exen that I wanted time to reflect and nothing more. Her tenacity had been challenging to his deliberative and meticulous nature, yet it had not affected his decision-making. He was thus skeptical that her imploring the Vatican would have any effect with the authorities there either. I do not think it will advance your case one inch, he warned her. He also pointed out that the process takes time, so there was no reason to be concerned. Reassuring her that she was not wanting in zeal by waiting patiently, he still gave her permission to write again. For the time being, Mother Teresa decided not to act. By July, however, they both agreed that the Holy See should be contacted again, since they sent her petition of February with accompanying letters from each of them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes people change their minds. In tonight's reading, we see the Archbishop change his mind. He first told Mother Teresa that she didn't need to write Rome any longer. But by July, he decided that she should write a follow-up letter. Mother Teresa also changed her mind. She was of the opinion that she had to write Rome. She wrote in February. She didn't hear anything. And so she thought she needed to write something even more. And the Archbishop, as we're reading, really explained to her that he didn't think that was the right thing to do. And he also explained to her that doing so would not advance her cause. And she couldn't use the example of her own case with him because the letters that she had written him in did not advance her case with him either. So the archbishop is helping her to see that pushing in terms of letter writing or verbally asking does not always help. And so she also, though, changed her mind because what did she decide to do? Not to write. He let her have freedom. He wasn't demanding she couldn't write, 
but he told her what he thought, and then she decided not to write. But then, by July, they both decide, okay, now we should write. So multiple times show them changing their minds. So let us not be surprised that we too sometimes have to change our minds. It's no great thing to simply make a decision once and then never ever revisit it. Now there are things in life that do require that kind of refusal to revisit. If one becomes a priest or one gets married or enters into some kind of permanent state, well, revisiting those questions would be fruitless. Or if someone is a man of or woman of great desires and has come up with a really good plan and it's been approved by the spiritual director and they tend to overthink things, well, for the most part, they should not revisit things. They should stick to their plan, stick to what was decided, not allow their minds to be thinking all the time. You know, St. Philip said, mortify the brain, rationale, and holiness is in the width of three fingers, mortifying our tendency to think over everything. Okay, so that is true. And we don't want to become scrupulous, that is, seeing evil where there's no evil, and constantly revisiting things that don't need to be revisited. With all that being said, however, there are times when we do need to change our mind. We need to take advice, we need to listen, and what we had thought was the right thing may not end up being the right thing. That God also can enlighten us through others and through talking things through. We can get clearer, we can get more light on what is the right course. And so then we may, in this situation, change our mind. And then it may happen that in new circumstances, in a new situation, we have to change our mind again. And there is a kind of virtue of flexibility, a virtue in which if sticking to the original plan in these new circumstances would end up undermining our whole goal, if sticking to the original intention with these various changes that have happened would cause what we really want to happen not to be achieved. We need to change. We have to adjust. We have to be flexible. In fact, there's even a virtue of justice that we might call the justice of flexibility in which we have to sometimes even set aside the letter of the law in order to preserve the intention of the law. Because if we were strict in following the letter of the law in this circumstance, the whole purpose of the law would be undermined. And so let us ask the Lord tonight on this Easter Monday for wisdom. You know, St. Thomas was so convinced, I, I won't believe until I see the Lord. He didn't see him on Easter Sunday. And he would have to change his mind. But he was so fixed, so determined on what he thought. And then Peter and John, they were told by Mary Magdalene, I've seen the Lord's risen, I've seen him. 
They didn't believe her. People didn't believe her. They ran to the tune themselves. Eventually, they had to change their mind. They had to believe her. So let's ask for this grace to admit mistakes. Let's ask for the grace to change our mind when we need to. Let's ask for the grace to take counsel, to get advice, to be willing to follow others, even if they seem to surprise us sometimes, even if their wisdom is unexpected. The Lord might be speaking to us like he spoke to James and John through Mary Magdalene. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.